Okay, so does your vocal register transition point kind of sound like this when you go through it? Uh, would you like it to sound like this? Uh, well, have I got some tips for you. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Unwanted vocal breaks are among the most frustrating, maddeningly puzzling, and persistent problems a singer can have. So what exactly is a vocal break? It's a place in your voice where the coordination between muscles in your larynx is interfered with in some way. What you experience is a crack in your voice and big differences in tone quality of your sound above and below the break, such as ah, ah, instead of ah. Purposeful yodeling, or the judicious use of a little cry-like style in appropriate places when singing, is a very controlled vocal technique and can even give a note a sort of leg up and bust some counterproductive tension. That's actually why some singers have learned to use those little cries, especially in country genres. Please help me, I'm falling. What we want to focus on today is the unwanted cracks in our range. These are uncontrollable, distracting, embarrassing, range-shortening, tone-sabotaging, and pitch-stealing little uninvited guests. It's most common in the passaggio or transition between the chest and the head voices. With typical counterproductive strategy, popular genre singers bring unmixed chest voice up too high, straining their voices, and classical singers bring head voice down too low to cross richly into the next zone without breaking. Some people even have multiple breaks or passaggi along their ranges. Let's talk about what causes vocal breaks. Vocal register breaks are created and made worse by whatever interferes with changes in length, tension, and mass of the vocal cords, or with the mechanism that tilts the thyroid cartilage as the singer moves through different pitches. Freeze that tilt, and voila, a break will occur along with vocal strain. What causes this interference? Here are the top six that I see. First of all, Locking the jaw. This also interferes with the lift of the soft palate. And if you don't believe it, try to yawn without dropping your jaw. The second cause of vocal breaks. Tightening the root or base of the tongue, which goes right along with locking the jaw. Number three, freezing the spinal position, which is going to tighten a lot of other things too. When your spine gets frozen or tight, your posture gets, you know, rigid, you're going to get into trouble. And number four, tensing your shoulders. This will cause tension to flow to the jaw, neck, and soft palate. Number five, numb facial expression or eye movement. 
which will limit vocal tone color by freezing movements that lift the soft palate and expand the nasopharynx. And number six, choosing to sing or talk too low for your current vocal capability, which will cause pushing, leading to chronic stress, tension, and strain in the vocal apparatus. You may find yourself with vocal damage or with a condition known as MTD, muscle tension dysphonia. So you may be wondering now, why do we use dysfunctional vocal technique? Here are some reasons. First of all, to try to keep the voice from breaking, unaware that overguarding and overcontrolling to try and eliminate the problem inadvertently makes it worse. The second reason we use dysfunctional vocal technique, to try and hit notes that are difficult. Again, it's a bit of a catch-22. The third reason, because of some erroneous vocal training that says to keep the jaw or any of the other body parts I just mentioned perfectly still. Run, don't walk from this kind of teaching. The fourth reason, because we developed bad speech pattern habits, such as talking too low, using a lot of vocal fry, constantly dragging gravel, or speaking without enough breath support, chronically holding your breath or talking from your throat or chest area instead of from the low pelvic floor. Sometimes you feel a bubble in your throat and your voice is weak and often cracks. And number five, we try to sing in keys that are too high or low for the current capabilities of the voice, not realizing the vocal dysfunction this is causing. Let me give you a few great reasons to take the time and trouble to retrain your voice to mend unwanted vocal breaks. First of all, smoothing the transitions in your voice can be attained by gaining more strength, flexibility, and most importantly, coordination of the muscles of your vocal apparatus. Among the perks of the blended voice, number one, the vocal cords can freely fluctuate in length, tension and thickness and the larynx can tilt freely directed by the automatic nervous system instead of sabotaged by extrinsic muscles of the throat that create tension and muddy up the works two it creates the mixed or middle voice which widens your practical vocal range and number three it requires you to balance your breath support and control, and that leads to all kinds of other vocal ability increases. Number four, it enables vibration from your larynx to resonate in the open spaces of the nose, sinuses, pharynx, mouth, and some would suggest the trachea, resulting in richer tone colors and strain-free high and low notes. Number five, Training to mend your vocal registers makes your voice feel great and you have no vocal strain. And number six, it creates confidence because these techniques you learn will erase the break and you can do it anytime you want. Okay, let's talk about some ways to change dysfunctional vocal habits. Here are five. Number one, become aware of what you're actually doing. Watch yourself sing a song in front of a mirror. Do you see any of those actions I just listed? Number two, record yourself talking. Do you hear tension, monotone, cracking, bubble, gravel, 
or lack of breath. Try talking with much more animation and life and record it again until your body, spine, face, tongue, and jaw are loose and flexible. Number three, do corrective wall and mirror work. In front of a mirror, stand with your back against the wall, the back of your head and heel touching the wall. Now slowly try to loosen those areas I named on purpose and watch yourself singing or speaking that way. Number four, out of the pressure of public performance, privately practice doing things a different way. At first it may get worse before it gets better, like it would be if you were learning to walk with a different stride. Relax, 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 and trust the process. <laughs> Keep a sense of humor. And number five, if you have my Power Path and Performance Vocal Training course, just listen over and over to the first two CDs to let the insights sink in, and then try some of the exercises. Let's dig into my specific approach to mending vocal breaks. And I'm going to give you a lot of secrets here. Before I developed my own vocal training method, I had the worst and most unmendable, or so I thought, vocal break I've ever heard in anyone. My brilliant Nashville vocal coach, Gerald Arthur, helped me get my voice back after it was damaged by an endotracheal tube, but I still had that pesky break. Though with Gerald's help, I learned to mask it pretty well and continue on with my vocal career as a session singer and then a recording artist. So, oh my gosh, thank you, Gerald. But not too long after I began teaching voice, I was given a book by a student who asked me to explain it to him. The author was vocal coach Jeffrey Allen of California. In his book, Secrets of Singing, Mr. Allen suggested holding a mental picture of a question mark shaped path that the voice should take. That imagery opened up a whole new world for me because I realized that's what works when I'm singing my best. I began experimenting with what that vocal path imagery meant to me and how I could use it with my students, all who had different issues. Long story short, this is what men's vocal breaks every day in my office. First, locate and feel your breath power source in your pelvic floor. Next, use your power to lift you into the balcony above and behind you. Don't lift your chin, just float it levelly. From there, articulate the syllable yah. Do not move your head forward. Drop your jaw and raise your eyebrows, and with a subtle twist of your head and body, gently pull backwards against the wall like you're being space invaded by somebody with bad breath. Then say yah again. And now, Pull a siren. Slur a vowel such as ooh from chest voice to head voice. Be careful not to lift your chin. Just twist tall like you did when you said ya. Yeah, and pull your head back across the transition zone, which should open your throat and rib cage, allowing you to stretch the vocal wrinkle out. It will sound like this. Ooh. And finally, use a little jaw action. Say, oh, whoa, whoa, dropping your jaw three times. Now pull the siren again. Ooh, whoa, whoa. 
and your brakes should be gone. If you're used to pushing your voice, you may find this voice path confusing and often frustrating when you're first trying to learn it. But trust me, it works. If you've been pushing your voice through your break, this will feel like learning to walk all over again. But every one of my students will tell you that no matter what genre you sing, it's well worth the effort. Every vocal exercise you do should be developing muscle memory to sound your voice using the right technique. To this day, if I push my voice even a bit instead of pull it, I'll find myself back with my old break. But I know how to erase that pesky thing now, and I could do it anytime just by choosing to express my voice via the imagery of this hook-shaped voice path, up and back. This is Judy Rodman. Thanks for joining me today. You can always find my courses and lessons in retraining your voice at www.judyrodman.com. Please leave me a review if you liked this and found it helpful. See you next time on All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.